Good morning, everyone. This is the Sunday that the kids are singing at the 10:30 service, so I figured this would be a smaller group. We are excited because now we're at the chapter 21 Revelation, and we're going to do a little review. So before we do that, we'll open up with prayer, and uh, uh, we'll get you rolling on eschatology, the study of the last days. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we know ever since the early church, you've been talking about we're in the last days. We just pray, Lord, you help us to understand what that means for all of us, in Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. amen. I'm excited for a lot of reasons, because I want to take you to the book of Revelation, where Adam and Eve were told, do not touch, or have anything to do with the fruits of good and evil. And did they listen? No, it's all her fault, right? But it's his fault for listening. And that's what the Lord was telling Adam. Well, you listened to her. You should have been the one to say no. Oh, that's where you're now. You sound like Cliff Wilson. The devil made me do it. Okay. Now, so what happened? They were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, which is going to be mentioned again chapter 22 of Revelation. That's what we're going to find out next week about how Revelation uh, and Genesis come together. Then, what happened? You know, well, then we have uh, the people of Israel not listening to Moses. And how many times did they not listen to Moses? Over and over and over again. And the Lord said, repent. And the ground opened up and swallowed up thousands of people because they would not listen. And then they had the serpents come out and sting them because they would not repent and listen. And then when you go throughout the Old Testament, the Jewish people kept falling away, not listening to what the Lord, prophet after prophet, they would put to death and they just would not listen. Well then in comes the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Same thing. People of Israel being persecuted again by the Roman government. And then Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. There was a constant reminder, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And all throughout the New Testament church, not only were the Jews persecuted, but so were the Christians. They were put to death. And over and over and over again throughout the New Testament, the same message, repent and believe, repent and believe, repent and believe. And then now comes Revelation. The message is still the same. Repent and believe. But each time through Genesis, there was always a promise given. And the promise of forgiveness through every story you ever read about. And the story is the same in Revelation. So in the study of eschatology, that is called the study of the last days. So like we started in the first three weeks, we went through the Old and New Testament together before we even got into Revelation. Well, we're going to do the same thing today. We're going to do a panoramic view from the Old Testament to the New Testament about the last day. So that way you can see what's supposed to happen. Right now, the only thing that's supposed to be happening according to the first six trumpets and the first six seals and the first six bowls is continue to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Keep pointing people to Jesus and repent. And remember there's comfort every time. So we're going to hear about this over and over and over again as you do the study of eschatology, the last days. And then what happens on the day the Lord comes, we will suddenly watch the graves open and everybody Believers and unbelievers alike will come out of the graves first. And at the same time, we will go right behind them and meet the Lord in the air. So everybody from around the world are going to meet the Lord in the air. And that, at the same time, the earth as we know it and the universe as we know it is going to disappear. So now we're staying in the air. And that's when the angels are going to separate the sheep from the goats. You got the left and the right. People left behind is referred to people who are non-Christians. 
That's why the Left Behind series is a false teaching. Left Behind means those that would not repent and come to Jesus Christ as the first Lord and Savior. And then, all that's going to happen is that there is a help, and it is permanent. It's eternal. And there are people having a hard problem. Some churches say, Look, how can a loving God create such an awful place for these people? And I said, well, originally it was for just for the angels. But then the Lord started sending unbelievers to hell along with them, and it will be forever. And this is why we have this urgent message to tell people about Jesus over and over and over again. So that takes us to, there's two booklets you should have in your hands. One on uh, eschatology itself. And I gave you all the Bible references that I could come up with to explain every situation concerning the last days in that handout. So you've got a lot of homework to do when you get home. Sir. So this word eschatology, where does that come from? Eschatology came from the early church, and it has always meant the last day, the study, the study of the last day, eschatology, last day. That's where that's come from. Right. It's a good fancy word. I don't use that word very often out there, but it, it's a nice word. So that begins with the second coming of Christ. And as we've learned from the other classes, some religions say there's three, four times he's going to show up. I'm going, once invisibly, and then here and there, I'm going, no, no, no. He's going to show up all at once. Well, how are the people on the other side of the world going to see him? There's no world to stand on. Oh, that's right. We're all meeting the Lord in the air. And if you think of all the people since the time of Adam, that's the only way we're going to all fit, is in the air. And so when you think about it, it's kind of humorous. But I want to begin with the Gospel of Luke. It says that Jesus is going to come visibly, according to his human nature. When Jesus ascended, what did the angels tell the disciples? He will return the same way you've seen him go. I do not understand this teaching. Don't ask me. But uh, why did Jesus ascend the same way? Why is he coming back the same way? We will see his handprints. You will see his footprints from being pierced and his side. But yet in heaven we're supposed to have perfect bodies. I get that. But for him... He's proclaiming who he is, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. So we will see him with all the proof. And, but we will be glorified like him. But notice, let's read this together. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. So things are looking up. I, I kind of got... Uh, uh, Roger Itis the other day. Uh, Roger likes getting up early in the morning and watching the sunrise, and so I have to get up early in the morning with a beautiful red sky, yellows, and pretty, and I said, I have Roger Itis. And so, <laughs> and so here I am watching the sunrise, and it was beautiful. I'm thinking of the glory of God that was coming. And as I mentioned before, the majority of cemeteries throughout the world, they bury their dead facing east as a reminder of the sunrise, the rising of the sun, S-O-N. And when I uh, went over to the cemetery where our plots are, sure enough, everybody's facing east. And so I think it is pretty cool. And uh, also, I did talk to... Uh, uh, Mr. Stanachek, I want him to add a lift in my casket. And he said, what for? I said, I, when people come to see me, I want to get out of my casket and go. <laughs> but uh, he didn't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> but, it, but I did get a phone call from a pastor. He heard that Pastor Lee is not going to do my funeral now on the lot. 
And so he wrote a sermon for me, so he's emailing me what he would say at my funeral, but he would have preached. That's my pastor friend from Indianapolis, Pastor Easterday. Uh, pastor Easterday and I were classmates together, and when he was installed at our congregation, I announced on his welcoming dinner that Sue and I are going to change our name to Pastor and Mrs. Christmas Day. So we have both Easter and Christmas, but my mother did not think that it was too good. Now Jesus has come not only in his human nature, but he's going to come in his divine nature. Let's read about that in Matthew 24, 31. And he will send out his angels with a loud, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So in other words, all people in their graves will come out, and the people that are on the earth that come out, and all the saints in heaven are all going to join together on that day. And I think some of us are going to be like the little kids that are going to be at the Christmas program. There's always somebody doing this. You know, we're probably going to see a little bit of that going on when the Lord comes. Hi, Applebill. Oh, there's Danny. Come on. You know, you're going to be excited. And it's an exciting day for those of us who are in Christ. But the thing that people don't remember when Jesus comes, it's done. It's not something that's going to happen event after event after event. We're not going to see the, the bodies come out and do all that stuff all at once. And then there's this period of time. No, no, it's instant. We're done. Now, how do I prove that? Take a look at Luke 17, 24. Read this together. For as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side or the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. It's going to go, done. And we're thinking, yes, but we spent 18 weeks on the book of Revelation, and all this is going to be, a, that's it? Let them know it's going to be a big one. It's going to be one major firework all at once. How many of you like the, the final fireworks at the end? I mean, every button is pushed to make, well, that's what Jesus is doing. He's pushing every button for that special day. But notice what it says at 1 Thessalonians. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come. And how many times have we heard in the New Testament like the thief in the night? Thief in the night. You don't know when that's coming. And so, there's something we wanted you to share. Jesus will appear once to everybody, all at once, at one time. And so, let's read about that in Matthew 25. Before him will be to gather all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as the shepherd separates sheep from the goats. So, here Jesus uses the term sheep and goats. Who are we? Now, the biggest thing for us as a book of comfort is that Jesus is acting on behalf of Christians. We are looking forward to this day. But we're trying to warn people, you need to repent now and don't, don't mess around. You need to come to Christ. And uh, I just ran into somebody this week, and they said, I just don't believe in religion. I said, I don't either. I said, Jesus is not a religion, he's a person. And that's how you witness to somebody saying, wow. I always thought Christianity was a religion. I said, no, it's not. I said, people call it that, but it's, a, it's the only unique relationship. Because the other gods, there is no relationship. And uh, he doesn't give his life for you. This is the only God that came back to life and loves you enough to sacrifice himself for your sins and for mine. But look at that. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and the Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is why I'm living one day at a time. And my Savior is going to be right there. And so that's, that's the joy that we are to have every day. We've got another day to serve the Lord. Another day that we can say we're one step closer to seeing Jesus face to face. This is an awesome time. But what else do we learn?
Let's read this together. You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Always be ready. So that's why when I looked at the sky a couple days ago, I was looking up and said, this is so gorgeous. It reminded me of Jesus coming. And then at night when I saw the sunset, actually the, the west side was all clear sky, but we were over clouds here in Norfolk. But again, it was a beautiful scene. And that just reminded me that the Lord is coming. But there's something here I want you to be aware of. Peter said something very unique about the last days. Read this together. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And if the heavens Everything that makes up the universe will burn and destroy. The earth and everything that people have done in the world. All these things will be destroyed in this way. So think of the kind of holy body life you must live. In other words, we're always supposed to take off the old Adam to put on the new Adam. We're constantly supposed to put on the armor of God because our battle is with what three anti-trist trinity? Sin, the world, and the flesh. We're constantly battling that every single day. And so we need to always be ready and Peter made it very clear. Everything's going to change. Everything will be exactly like it was when the new heaven and earth comes like the Garden of Eden. It'll be gorgeous. And all of our outfits will be the same. Robes of white. And uh, it'll be perfect. Like it was supposed to be before the fall of sin. By the way, there are some religions out there they're trying to figure out the timing. Jehovah's Witnesses in 1914, 1918, 1925, 1975, the year 2000, and then when the Mayan calendar ran out, they thought for sure this was the end of the world. The computer's supposed to crash in the year 2000. It didn't happen. These people are focusing on the things of the earth. What did we learn last week? Our focus is supposed to be the things above. And so it's really interesting. And so notice, and he told them, it is not for you to know the time and the season which your father has put in his own power. Not even Jesus knows when the last day. I cannot wrap my head around that one. Jesus and the father are one and the same. How come? I think they're talking about his human nature. His divine nature knows, but not his human nature. And for whatever reason, that's another question I'm going to ask more when I get up there. <coughs> what about unbelievers? Well, there should be concern. Know this, first of all, that in the days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Well, that sounds like the people of Israel during the Old Testament. When's the Messiah coming? It's no different. It's an exact duplicate. So we are not coming for Jesus to be born. We are coming for Jesus to say, we're done. Come home. And so we need to constantly remember what our mission here is. Pointing people to Christ. Constantly. How many of you pointed somebody to Christ this week? Two of you, three of you. Good. How many of you forgot? How many don't know anybody? If you don't know anybody, ask Pastor Lee and Pastor Eric to gladly give you some names to go see people. And please don't do what the people, by the way, that couple sitting next to my wife, they're the Yakamos from uh, the church where I served for 22 years, and I suffered with them for 22 years. <laughs> <coughs> and uh, or they suffered with me for 22 years but uh, they, they live in Montana half the time and uh, one of the, the things that we did a lot is that the people of Trinity when the Jehovah's Witness would come to their door they always handed them the address of where Sue and I live so they kept sending the Jehovah's Witnesses to our house and so that was a lot of fun but now 
Only the Father knows what day or what hour. Only the Father. So here's an emphasis again. Only the Father knows. And when he's ready, when the time is right, you can let everything, all the things go. But I want to take a look at St. Peter again, chapter 3. Read this together. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed is coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt down. So even though you didn't tell anybody about Jesus this week, did you live a holy life this week? It was really interesting. We were eating at Perkins this week. And we were sitting down across from a family who were members of this church. And they weren't sure at first who we were because they could only see the side of my face, but they recognized Sue. And then, uh, but I heard some of their conversation. Well, what the hell are we going to do about this? And then five minutes later, I turned around and said, Hi. Well, hi, Pastor. <laughs> and I think, ah, yes. And so I, that happened in many places. I remember uh, in Indiana, this guy was, we just had communion, and the family was going to their car, and the kids were goofing around, and the father was getting angry. Get the hell out of this car. We've got to go. Damn it. And I'm, I'm standing there going, the next Sunday, morning, Pastor. <laughs> and so I said, we all have our days. And then I said, you know, well, my wife got after me because she told me you were standing there. And I said, I didn't say anything. I just stood here like this, looked at you. And I said, I've had days like this too. And, you know, just repent and just, you know, be a better example to your family. But how many of us have been sucked into that mode? You know, maybe you had an off day or bad week or maybe problems at work. But what we do is we go back and we say, hey, we apologize. And uh, that makes a big impression. Oh, you do act like a Christian. Good. And uh, there's already people think of the Christian church as a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Tell me something new. We are hypocrites. But we come together to worship, to confess our sins, and to Christ. So, what are the signs of Christ's coming? Well, as we mentioned, everything going on around the world, there's worldwide famine, worldwide fires, volcanoes are going off again. Look at what happened in Hawaii from a hurricane where it spread the fires all over the place. Who the fuck? Tsunamis are the worst they've ever been in the history of weather. And and then here our governments are spending billions of dollars on global warming. And I'm just laughing saying, there ain't nothing you guys and gals can do about that. That's all part of the final coming of Christ. So in this life, what's going to happen? Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. And throughout the world, you know, uh, people are being martyred. And there's a program out there uh, Something about murders. Yes. And they are constantly calling missionaries into dangerous fields and getting into countries. And in China, you're put in jail if you uh, bring Christianity there. And we had a Bible smuggler, a member of our church in California, and she was a teacher. And she would use the Bible as her English to teach the Chinese people English. And she got in trouble from the government for using the Bible to teach. Uh, we know a missionary, he's had three surgeries that keep changing his facial features because they keep throwing him in jail. And that was in Russia. Russia says they have a Christian church called Russian Greek Orthodox, but they're far from being Christian. It's a government-ran church. And as far as the message of the gospel, it's not pure. It's corrupt. 
what has that going on around the world as well. So what do, what do we know about Jesus? Read this together. There will be signs of the sun and the moon and the stars, and on the earth dismay among the nations, in perplexity at the roaring of the seas and the waves, men fading from fear and expectation of things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of this heavens will be shaken. And the, when we hear about how many people were killed in these tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes, and they're shaking. I said, how many warnings do we need from the Heavenly Father? Time to repent. One of the worst countries to live in today is Haiti. And they are a poor, poor country. We got a, a note from one of our missionary friends in Brazil. You're either very, very, very rich, or you're very, very, very poor. And the government is very, very corrupt. And if you listen to our government, it's all about money. If you want something, how much money are you going to give me for us to pass this wall? But we hear something about the Romans. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And this is something to expect. I feel for the children at school to share their Christian faith. And some of the kids won't do it because they don't want to be pointed at or be directed as a Jesus freak. But I remember uh, a teacher standing up for the Christian faith when a student brought up in the classroom during a government class. And that teacher got reprimanded and if they did that one more time, they would be kicked out as a teacher. And they're not able to bring religion. However, according to the law, or the federal law, if the student brings up the question, you can talk about the Christian faith. It just can't come from the teacher. That law is still the same? Yes, still the same. So, there's a way to do it. And now, something else for you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and they will lead many. These are the nutcases that we've experienced over the recent years, actually. These people still claiming to be Christ. But through all of this that we're going through together, there's something I want to keep pushing, and that's this. Preaching the gospel to the world. Read this together. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world, for the witness of all nations. And then, so how long are we supposed to keep pointing people to Christ? Until the end. So that's why the rapture is not a true teaching and a separate event. The rapture is the same event as judgment day. But, who is our battle with? Well, the Antichrist. He, Jesus is talking to us Children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. So the beast of the sea, what was that? That's the government. The beast of the land are the false teachers. And so this is where our constant battle of these two beasts. And these are not going to be pretty days. Uh, how many of you believe, as you read this verse, we're already there? Have people come like this already? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe the number of families that are divided. Oh, my goodness. I mean, sibling rivalry. Divorce. Children are taking this. Years. But it's growing. Do you know there was uh, that divorce has increased by 400% since the 1950s? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's worse. And people's drugs, alcohol, it's huge. It's getting out of hand. And I think so, we know more about 
Sure. So is there more or is we, are we just more aware? A lot, a lot more. And a lot more aware of both. I had one person come up to me, oh, me a year ago, Pastor, I'm coming out. I just put it back in. I said, we're not coming out with this. I said, that's not what I want people to see. And that's when I shared, now, if you run into somebody who is having difficulties with who they are uh, sexually, remind them it's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. And that's where the pride movement is. It's about, this is who I am. No, that's not who you are. And so that little message is getting to some of these people and making them rethink. But, you know, but the big issue that I keep pushing, Jesus is coming visibly, not invisibly. What's it say there? Whereas light, oh yeah, light comes from the east and shines even from the west, so shall the coming of the Lord. Very visible. He, he knows people that are ADHD. He wants to show people. Some of us are Missouri City Lutheran, therefore we're from Missouri. Show me. It's the show me state. And so people around the world are like that. Also, I want you to take a look at this. Luke 21, 35. Let's read that together. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's going to come to everybody around the world. Not an isolated place like people think. And this Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven will come at the same way as you saw him going at. He's coming down. But how are we going to see if Jesus is in this, let's say Jesus was five foot ten. If you drove to the other side of Norfolk and have a person stand three miles away, are you going to be able to see a little five foot ten foot person? So what's Jesus coming with? All of his angels and all the saints. The, world, the, the sky is going to be totally full of the saints and the angels. And, but you know, for some reason, I think you're going to be able to see Jesus. And there won't be a little speck. But what he, but what he has said that the only people who were there was Peter and the two other people. There were 500 witnesses. Oh, yeah? Yep. Specifically the 12, while they left. They saw him. They were up on the mount? They were on the hill where he ascended. Okay. Where does it say that? In the Bible. <laughs> I am not, I, I can't remember. I can't remember that being I think it's in Acts chapter 1. Is that right? Somebody look up that Acts chapter 1. See if I'm remembering. I grew up just knowing that. Oh, Mount Transfiguration, they were yeah. with him. Right. But they were with him with a lot of other things. But no, all the disciples were there for his ascension. Anybody find it? Our newspaper and it's accurate. What's that? I have it there. Good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, it's also on the sheets. Very good. But here again is what I keep trying to teach Lutherans. I love Lutherans because growing up, when you walked into the Lutheran church, it was, good morning. Welcome to Trinity. I'm kind of like, oh my God. What's wrong with these people? They don't know how to smile. And uh, my dad says, well, you got to take the sanctuary seriously. So when I came to, well, actually all the churches, I do to this today, I still go throughout the church seeing people and greeting them before I start Bible class. I'm in there. You remember the days you didn't do that. You sat in the pew and 
listen to the organ play for 15, 20 minutes. That's boring. I like talking to people. Actually, I, I do some counseling out there. You know, hey, Pastor, I've got a question for you. I'm, it's, it's all convenient. And so that's what I love about this church. Sue and I visited, well, Sue didn't get to one of them, but we visited all four churches. This was the only church that greeted us when we came to the door. The only one. And one of the pastors didn't even know who I was. I didn't wear my collar. And I told him, I said, hi, I'm Dave. Who are you? Have I seen you before? Yeah. Where at? Pastor's meeting. Oh, yeah, I guess, well, yeah. <laughs> I, but here's what we're supposed to do. Rejoice. Read this together. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad. This is why Revelation is referred to as a book of comfort. Don't be afraid of the last day. I'm saying, hooray, the Lord is here, take me home. So again, scripture interprets scripture. But what's actually going to happen? I needed to remind you what we talked about a couple weeks ago in Revelation 19. Let's read this. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it, Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. Instead, the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So on Judgment Day, you're completely cut off forever. Period. No more chances. And this is why we have to teach people, if you don't get your act together in your relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, how many of you ever struggled over that Bible verse when uh, Jesus says, and those who came to me and said, but I preached about you, I taught about you, I healed in your name, and he says, I don't know you. I struggle over that one. Does that, does that mean? Because I am known to be a glory stealer. I like to be in the limelight. And I need to decrease as John the Baptist, so he must increase. But I struggle over my sinful self when I do that. First here and then there. So, unbelievers 
Those who have died are in hell, yes. Okay, so. Like those who believe are in heaven, but those who don't believe are in hell. Now. No difference. But on Judgment Day, they will both come back together for the big hurrah. Why do you suppose the, the writers continue to say that they are judged on the things they have done instead of saying they were judged because of their faith in Christ or something like that? The only thing I can put my finger on is that uh, they misunderstand the work of the Holy Spirit. And so part of the doing, it takes me back to Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship. So the works that we're referring to is what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And if you hear Pastor Lee and Pastor Eric sometimes, they say, we repent of our sins both known and unknown. And we don't realize we didn't do something the Holy Spirit wanted us to do. Forgive us. Yeah, I struggle with that one often too, as well. But, but isn't it true that no matter how good the deed is by man's standards, unless you have faith, it isn't pleasing to God. Exactly. And so the if there's no faith, done, it's done. It's so, so God sees deeds, good deeds, by man's standards, but deeds done by unbelievers, no matter what they are, are going to be If you don't believe, exactly. This is why Mormon Church teaches that. It's the good works that get them to heaven. Hi. <laughs> yes. Beating themselves up forever. Right. Their 
suffering for their own sake. For yep. their own, for their own and they can't blame God anymore. They only blame themselves. Can you imagine being in the lake of fire and beating yourself up day after day after day? I mean, it's horrible. And people think, oh no, a loving God wouldn't do that. It's not his fault. It's their own fault. I know, there's a lot of things there too. Well, the option to that, those that are in heaven right now, are they experiencing the same joy that we're all going ex- yes. to experience one day? Yes. I mean, they're already, they're already reaping the benefit. Right. See, the hard part we're trying to figure out is, what about our bodies? Well, we will have glorified bodies on Judgment Day, and they will be reunited with our spiritual bodies. And it'll be a perfect thing. And it's just a snap of a finger, we're, we're back together. Yeah. <laughs> now, resurrection of bodies will be changed, and death will be destroyed. And so, we will no longer experience death anymore. Notice what it says there. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And when the perish puts on the imperishable and the mortal pain puts on immortality, then shall come the passage saying that writ, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory for our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the verse we read at the cemetery. The next time we see that loved one, to be a glorified body. When I saw my mom and dad, and they had tubes and hoses, and, and the next time I see them, we won't see that deterioration anymore. It'll be perfect. And Jesus will be judging the living and the dead. That's part of our creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So here we see, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge the living and the dead, believers and unbelievers. That's what we mean when we say the creed. He will judge the living and the dead, believers and unbelievers. So what about this hell? The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night forever in hell. So hell is an eternal place. Just like heaven. An eternal place. But what about us? Let's read this together. But our citizenship is in, and we equally await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, which will transform our holy bodies be like the Lord. Notice we call Jesus what? Lord. And we all struggle with five masters in our lives. Jesus, Satan, people, material things, and ourselves. These are the Lords that we have to. We can't serve two masters. We love one and despise the other, so we need to find out who's the Lord of my life? Jesus Christ. So on Resurrection Day, Look what it says there. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So for those people that didn't die yet, but are believers in Christ, they will raise up right behind those that came out of the grave. And the grave, as you heard earlier, out of the water and out of the, the grave. We just got done talking about you. Nah, I don't know. Glad to see you. And so what happens next? The resurrection of all believers and unbelievers. Having the hope toward God which they themselves will receive that there is to be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. It's not a separate event as some religions teach. But here's a Jehovah's Witness thing. It was such an interesting question they asked me. So I wrote it down. The people go to heaven once they die. How is it that Jesus resurrected Lazarus by going straight to his grave, not by bringing him back from heaven? How do you answer that one? God can do anything, so why question God? God can do anything he wants. That's one way. 
What's the, what would be a Bible answer? It happens. Yeah. But I love this. Where Jesus says in John chapter 11, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. In other words, he said, I did this on purpose so people will believe. This is me. This was the ultimate miracle, the raising of Lazarus. What makes his death any different than that little girl that died? Or Jairus' daughter. What was Lazarus? Why was Lazarus' death so powerful over and above the others? Yeah, dead for four days. I mean, even they even mentioned the smell. Oh, if you remove the stone, one of the sisters said, "Oh, what about the smell?" It ain't pretty. <laughs> that right there. And so it's really interesting. But notice. Jesus is proving that there will be the resurrection of the body to reveal the glorious power of God. So when Jesus comes on the last day, everybody's going to say, wow. Especially going the other way. Yeah, that's going the other way. They're going to be, oh. But for what purpose did Jesus wait four days? To see the glory of God. So how is it that Moses and Elijah came from heaven to talk to Jesus? Well, this is proof that our loved ones are alive and well. And you've got to remember, they came in a glorified state. They didn't come in a physical state. This was a spiritual event that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration and who appeared in glory. And so our loved ones are in glory right now. You will know. That's the verse that I use to tell people, when you go to heaven, you'll know everybody. Because you're in glory. But I'm concerned about the ones that aren't there that you have known. How, how is that going? I mean, what did Jesus say about that? He said, uh, he says, I never knew you. So we will not know about people that didn't make it. Well, that's what I mean. It'll be like, yeah. you know, just out of your mind. Because if you did, they would be so sad. Oh, yeah. It is. It, that's, that's, that's why I like this class. We have these discussions all the time. Read this together. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. For Christ has not been raised, the faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all the people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. And as an Adam all died, so all in Christ shall all be made alive. That's in Handel's Messiah. That's the verse that they sing. So the resurrection of the body. This is perishable body must put on imperishable. Mortal body must put on immortality. When did that take place? The resurrection of the body takes place on Judgment Day. The resurrection of the soul happens on, on, on right after your last breath here. So I just told a lady that last year that Pastor Eric wanted me to see who was dying. She asked me a question, Pastor, how far is heaven? I said, one breath away. Last breath here, next breath there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, too. But there's something about this creed thing. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable, what is raised imperishable. So this is where the Bible reference to support why we teach what we teach in the Apostles of Nineteen Creed. What else? We will be James, we ain't going to have glasses no more. No more false teeth. You know? No more going, what, Bill? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but one of the most interesting things that people uh, forget, and this is beautiful, I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will 
And when you go to heaven, you won't even know where your sins anymore. Because you're completely clean, purified. It's like when the Apostle Paul talked about that we're going to be like silver when it's heated up. What happens? All this gunk floats to the top and you scoop that off. But then when you look at this melted silver, it's like a mirror. But what about the unbelievers? Hell. Depart from me, you cursed, and turn the fire prepared for you by the devil and his angels. And these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So what is the proof, then, of the resurrection day and what happened on Judgment Day? Well, in John, let's read this together. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So, will the sinful works of a believer be punished on judgment day? No. Your sins are washed away. When you stand before God and you've been chosen by him to be his child and you trusted and believed in him as your first Lord and Savior, that's not even going to be an issue. Because he came to the world not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So why is there no condemnation for those of us who are sinners? What do you mean? I'm not going to be a sinner anymore? Read this together. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That is beautiful. So don't worry. But why is there no condemnation for believers? Well, Paul told the Ephesians church, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, now they're make her holy, having cleansed her by the washing of the water and the word, that's the baptism, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. So, what about for now? What are we supposed to do now with all this information? Read this together. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for the master to return from the wedding banquet that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants, those signs that watching them as they come. Truly I tell you, you will dress yourself to serve and will have it recline at the table with a common way on it. So for now, we keep serving. Keep pointing people to Christ. And remember the promise of God when your day comes. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. That's what we're doing right now. So as these stuff is going on around us in the world, just remind people it's time to repent. It's time to ask Jesus to be your first Lord and Savior. Any questions? Now that you've seen the panoramic view, next week, our last class, we're going to see how chapter 22 and Revelation are gonna, are, and Genesis is going to come together and you're going to see somehow one complements the other one and one fulfills the other one. We're going to talk about the new Jerusalem and the, the new Garden of Eden. We're going to talk about the river of life. We're going to get into all of that next week. And then break down. Any final questions? You got one minute left. Yes, sir. All the tribes will mourn. In other words, every tribe of every nation, all people are going to mourn because of their rejection of Christ Jesus. For those of us that are faithful, when Jesus comes, we're going to say, Yes! We're there. But those who rejected him, they're going to mourn. Unbelievers. Anything else?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We're looking so forward to that day. For some of us, that day is going to come sooner. We're just as excited about that as well. So for now, Lord, help us to continue to point people to Christ, to have them repent of their sins and to receive Jesus as their first Lord and Savior, to live a life called by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may continue to lift us up in Jesus' name and all God's people say. Enjoy!